Good to have you back on. I, I mean, for me to be back on with you, you've been um, pretty much carrying the potty for the last few weeks. No, you guys had various reasons that you beat off, so it's good to have at least three of us back. And I think what will Corbs be back next week, hopefully, pending work and everything like that. Yeah, hopefully. It's been a while since we've had Corbs on. Yeah, getting but his I've, little chats, which is good. Yeah, I've been a. Uh, but I've been dying to talk some horses with you because I've been loving the racing and the start of this. What did you call it? The start of the off season? Well, the end of the off season, start of like start of the spring. Because obviously you see like Wink Stakes usually kicks off. Then we have this kind of this week. And then uh, the Melbourne group ones kick off next weekend. I think we're the Memsy at Caulfield. So it's really good. Like good horses are resuming. You're seeing trials start to happen, jump outs and, and stuff like that. Like it just, it just feels right. And it's the start of the spring, obviously, which is the best racing in my opinion, in, in during Australia or in Australian racing seasons anyway. Yeah. I'm... Just because you find like in autumn, like I love the autumn races, don't get me wrong. The problem is it's a lot of the time it's marred by, by bad weather and, and wet weather. Mm. So a lot of the time we're dealing with those soft and heavy decks and track biases because of it. When in the spring, yeah, we'll usually get some rain here and there, but a lot of the time it is fair racing. Yeah. So that's, that's just my opinion anyway. Yeah, I'm excited. I I forgot about how 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 good it is when it comes around. Just seeing all yeah. these good horses getting around again. I'm just yeah, it's really getting me getting me going. And it's good to see those kind of three year olds that we've kind of followed from their juniors, like turning like turning into four, seeing them develop and turn into proper open class racehorses. And I know we spoke about well, we spoke about it on the potty. Well, I spoke about it last week in like a horse like Bonus Notches, for example, where he's really grown and and matured into a, a proper horse and you can see it like he just blew that that field away on the weekend and now there's talk of him going into an Everest which is awesome yeah and and that is interesting to see see how they come along see the ones that yeah. get better see the ones that kind of fade away it's um yeah once they start getting the open class it's it's a different different kettle of fish that's for sure yeah and now we haven't been putting many tips up but you actually did pretty good on the weekend yeah, we, well, I think it, it, we're just making people listen more than, than simply just throwing up the tips. So yeah. I think we, we we obviously, like I said, we found Bornis Notches um, in that toy show, I think it was called. Um, we spoke about Memoria there at Newcastle. It came through, it led up, which was unexpected, but it held on to, to win by half a head. Um, narrative, which we spoke about also, just hates winning, was given an absolute perler of a ride from me, uh, Lee McGorian, and the horse just hates winning. Uh, Mr. Brightside, like we said on the pot, is just too good. He just simply brained that field, and I think he's going to go on to win a lot more races this spring. Um, Faulkner Park, I think we spoke about also being the wide barrier, being the concern, and it showed in that race with Hosier, the danger that we talked well, that I spoke about, ended up winning. Hosier, honestly, like looked like a world beater when it mm. sort of first came on the scene. I had it black booked, followed it for a yeah. bit. It just fell off a cliff. Um, well, it, it changed, changed trainers. Changed trainers. So it's with um, I forget what his first name, 
Minerv... Something like that. Yeah, a Sydney-based Min- country Min- trainer. Min- or something? Or... Min- yeah, Miniverni or something like that. Like, he only gets to select few horses, but whatever he's done with the horse, he's doing really a really good job because the they literally peg the horse as being strictly a, a dry, wet tracker, um, and they just wanted him to run out. I think he was with Chris Lees. Was it Chris Lees? I think it was. Look, he and might they... have gone to Chris Lees, but he was initially with someone in um in Melbourne, wasn't he? Or, sorry, Victoria. He might have been. Maybe Danny O'Brien? Yeah. Oh, I honestly can't remember. But he had those colours that were like similar he, to the Lloyd Williams colours. He had the colours of, um, what's his name? Lloyd Williams colours. Yeah, yeah. The one would suggest it would have been at um, potentially Danny O'Brien or with Liam Howley maybe. So potentially there, then got transferred up to Sydney with Chris Lees and now he's ended up with, with his current trainer and he's he's got a good race. He's got a, a good race to it. Well, I think it's a listed race, the Premier's Cup. So he's got a listed race to his name, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, impressive. Very impressive to come back from that form slump. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to win on a on a good deck as well, which is even better. Yeah. And you were saying Faulkner Park. Now, I think Faulkner Park was probably has probably just been up a bit too long. Yeah, I think he's. I think that run was a sign because he did, just didn't have that zip. Like you've seen him, we've seen him round up like the start before over that eighteen hundred meters there, uh, where Bold Mac uh, just got him. He came around the outside, wound up really nicely, but I think he just might be just end of his prep. And again, the white barrier wasn't great for him, but I don't think it completely cost him the race. And had he drawn say barrier ten or or nine, I don't think he would have beaten Hosier because Hosier had that race done and dusted at the at the four hundred. Yeah, yeah, he's been impressive, but um, I think it's uh, probably time he goes to the paddock. Yeah, so any futures bets that a lot, I know a lot of people were talking about on Twitter, particularly going futures bets on him in the Caulfield Cup and the Metropolitan. I know he's very much in the markets for those two races. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't checked Ryan Racing Australia yet to see whether he's been spelled or not. But God, you you wouldn't be too happy if you took the short prices about those on those futures tickets. Nah, and and he'd need he would have needed to freshen up. Like for him to keep racing all the way through to one of those is uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, and and the thing is, who knows? Annabelle Nation might do something with him and and put him out for a bit of a spell or a freshen up, and then roll him straight into say an eighteen hundred and two thousand meter race leading up to a Caulfield Cup or a or a Metrop. And he'll still have that residual fitness, so he won't need to get all those runs under his belt. I don't know. But she's the she's a master trainer, so she's probably got a plan in place for him because I certainly think the horse is is above average and definitely of that group two, group three level, and maybe even maybe even a handicap level. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Queen of the ball. Yeah, so I spoke about Queen of the ball having a really nice trial um, ahead of Nature Strip. And she just got done by Parasail, who was obviously the short price favourite. But I thought Rachel King rode the horse really well. And I think now that she's got a bit older, a bit more mature, I think she's really going to come back really nicely, this prep. And you could see in that race, she um, the, the conditioning just gave out that in that last 100 metres because she led them up. Uh, and I think she's in for a good prep. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting a pen through her moving forward. And Parasail was on the three-day backup, the thing that won. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on the three-day back. I think it was coming. I think it was first up as well. But it's a renowned first-up horse. And, oh, I thought uh, that was the one you tipped to us on Wednesday. No, nah, no, nah, on Wednesday. Which Wednesday? Uh, maybe Canterbury. Mm, was that I have, a different I have, one? I have tipped it before, but it wasn't on on Wednesday. Just gone. 
Yeah, okay. I definitely that that horse has definitely raced in midweek before, and we've I think we've been on it. But yeah, that this horse was first up. Yeah, okay. I just remember there was one on the weekend that raced on the Wednesday and then came out and won again. Oh, I do remember that now. Remember it backed up and then it won? Tommy yeah. Berry was riding. Yeah. I do remember it now. Forget what um, it was. Yeah. What I think it was, was. A, was it an Anthony Cummins horse or, a, or an Anthony Friedman horse? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. I was thinking more like Joe Pride or something, but I could be way off. Yeah, I do remember that now. because And it finished off really nicely at Canterbury. It was a bit of an unlucky run that came out on the weekend. I think it was just Ramble Rose Hill and then um, ended up winning, which was, which was huge. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, the Wink Stakes, now that was a great race. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Fangirl. Oh, it was so good. Like, I, I thought Zaki, because we had that heavy rain and it was it was a heavy deck when, when I recorded on Thursday night, I thought Zaki would be the, the safe bet. And he ran awesome. Like, to run third in that race first up, he was great. Um, Fangirl was just simply awesome, wasn't she? And I think yeah. the fact that the track dried out just enough for her, because I think had it been the soft six, soft seven range, it wouldn't have surprised me to see Wallet scratch her just because of that. Because she's, despite being by Sebring, she's definitely a dry tracker. That's yeah. for sure. But yeah, she got that fine. She deserved that group one. I know that's her second one, but she deserved that wait for age group one, particularly after Animo retiring. So she didn't have her main rival there to, to I guess, what do we yeah. put to, to ruin her chances. Jeez, do you reckon um, she can go on a bit of an Animo like run now that he's gone? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure because I think she's she's definitely a fourteen hundred meter to sixteen hundred meter horse. She's not like Animo where she's probably got that versatility to step out over two thousand meters or beyond. Yep. So I think she'll sit around these races. She'll probably go to the Chelmsford now, which is a fifteen hundred meter race in I think two weeks' time now at Randwick, and then maybe she's going to have a crack at an Epsom. Who knows? Or she might have a crack at that King Charles race, which is um, which is over the mile. I think worth a big bit of money so let's see what she does but i think she's in for a great prep and i said on the potty that she trolled up really nicely so it wouldn't surprise me to see her get one maybe two two more group ones come around um this season yeah for sure um now did you want to go into the weekend or did you have i'll give i'll give a few horses just for people to put in their black books just to follow yeah um nothing crazy so in terms of the wink stakes there was a lot of good runs there and a lot of good horses resuming so i think you can take that race um as being a really good form reference going into the spring so the horses runs that i really liked i thought duaz was awesome and seeing her step up to around that 1600 meter 2000 will be really nice Princess Grace coming up there inside was awesome. And it's the American horse. Yeah, the ex-American horse who we backed before, remember? Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me to see her end up in an Empire Rose down there in Flemington over the mile. And I think she'll be that race is is a great shot for her. Mm. I thought Zaki was really good. And as we spoke about, he's a grand final horse and he gets better throughout his prep. Oh, this is what so, I wanted to ask you. Um yeah. what do you th- like? I couldn't understand how Zaki was favourite for that race. I think it was a map thing and the conditions of the race. So he mapped to land right on the speed. Jamie Carr back on board, trialed really nicely. Has won twice first up in the heavy. Like mm. all all of the stats pointed towards him, and I'm not surprised why your big syndicates got involved. I just I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one sort of seeing him slipping. 
Like, let's see how he goes because I think I don't think he came up last prep great. Like, remember she, he had that trial and then he had a second trial and Annabelle Nation wasn't happy with him. Brought him yeah. back in the late spring. I'm sorry, late autumn, and then brought him up here for the Doomman Cup. And I, I just don't think he was right. And he's probably been a better horse. When you look back through his history, he's been a better spring horse than he has been an autumn horse. Yeah. So maybe it's a seasonal thing. Who knows? But um, I still think he's a top line. He might not be at his absolute peak, and I don't think he'll ever run back up to that that peak that he ran in that no. Doomman Cup. No. But I certainly think he's a top liner, and um, I think he's heading towards a Cox Plate, and I think that first up run is really positive for him. Yeah, I just for me, Fangirl was the favourite for that, easily. Oh, yeah. I didn't really understand I, it, but yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. And she, like, I think it may have been, like, the map, like I said, um, first up record, SP profiles. Um, I think that's why, like, the the... And they probably looked at maybe her in the yard. I think from memory, I remember hearing that she was a bit jittery in the yard. So maybe they took yeah. a set against her because of that. Who knows? Yeah, right. Well, glad that they got it wrong anyway. Yeah. So um, I think Osipenko's in for a huge run. I think he was he was enormous. And I think heading towards maybe even a Golden Eagle. Who knows? Uh, think about it after that long injury layoff was very, very good considering the circumstances. Mm. Um, Montefilia was awesome. Uh, Francisco Gardi is in for an enormous prep, and I can see why the horse is fancied for the Melbourne Cup because that was a great first-up effort over a very unsuitable trip. Yep. And I thought King Colorado was awesome, stepping up from being in his own age bracket as a, as a two-year-old into the three-year-old year, and to handle himself like he did, I thought he was really, really good. So I think follow that Wink Stakes because I think there'll be quite a few winners coming out of that race. Yeah, okay. Um, did you have yeah. – what's his Carini as well? Yeah, so I thought Carini was really good. So that was in the amen, uh, amendable race. Now, go back and watch the race. And the horse tracked up amendable and then was left flat-footed because amendable just took too long to get going and maybe just like – uh, halted a little bit. I think stepping up in trip over the 1,800 metres, maybe even 2,000, I think the horse looks really well well placed. So for those guys who like store it in their black books, it's C-A-R-I-N-I. So I really like the horse, and I think let's look at it um, up in trip next time now. I'm not sure where they're aiming it or anything like that, but if you see it pop up at Caulfield on over a longer trip, maybe like a Coonji or something like that, I think that'll be a bet. Okay. And Miss Tambo at Eagle Farm in race one. Yeah, so Miss Tambo was in that race at Eagle Farm. I thought the horse was, was really good. Kyle Wilson Taylor rode at Wells out the back, but then he, he went up the inside for a rails run, got held up, held up, held up, and then he hit this ridiculously small gap, and the horse really rocketed home to the line really nicely. But the two, the winner and the, I think, second-place horse, just had unimpeded runs coming down the outside. So I think you can follow that horse. In, probably in a similar grade. And I know Tony Gollum said that he feels the horse has got potential to go above that BM70 grade. It's just a matter of, of when. So I think on potential, look at that horse in that, that I guess, that 70-grade handicaps or around that mark. I think the horse would be a great chance. Yeah, and uh, this next one uh, definitely caught my eye as well. I am unstoppable behind Cylinder. Yeah, so I think everyone's eyes were on Cylinder, Um in that race, and he, I think he, what, what did you see his odds drop to? What a dollar thirty, dollar forty? I think it was a dollar, dollar forty. 
you know, if you like, there was some huge bets being put down on him, and to see him yeah. run the way he did, I thought he was. I didn't think he was that good, and I thought that yeah. leader. I didn't. I've forgotten the name of it. I thought the race was judged very well, and if you go back and look at the figures for that race, the race is actually rated very highly. It's one of the best rating veins that. Um, in recent times. So I think there's even more merit to I, I Am Unstoppable's run. And I think heading up in trip, I think the horse could be a really good chance. Yeah, it was um, it was impressive. I I got it wrong. I kind of thought Cylinder... I was kind of looking at um, Cylinder and Mr. Brightside and deciding which one of them I... I wouldn't say I wanted to lay, but which one I thought had, you know more possibility of losing and I kind of landed with Mr. Brightside I thought um, yeah but I got it completely wrong it was the other way around <laughs> yeah well I know, what you, I know what you mean but like I think still has still got the um, job done and I think he'll he'll take a lot of um, improvement from that run yeah but I think these other late season three-year-olds or these three-year-olds there now I think they might have his measure moving forward but i think we definitely think i am stop unstoppable up in trip because mm. he just finished amazingly did i thought that there was a margin was super. did you think, that? did you think there was a margin in that cylinder win uh yeah when you go back and look at the the photo i think there's an absolute bee's dick in it but geez it was close one of the oh, closest i've ever seen yeah it, it probably is one of the closest um how do i put it wins or, or definitive um, differences in horses I've ever seen. Like, how often do you see that happen and it ends up being real dead heat? Well, I remember top rank lost by more than that and they gave him the race when we backed him. Well, it appeared that way, yeah, when um when he drew with Ellsberg in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Donny. I, yes, yeah. I reckon he was behind more than that than Cylinder was ahead on that and they still gave him the race. Yeah. So <laughs> I honestly don't think... I was looking at that photo went back then and I, and I was thinking, fuck... Like we've just lost that. Yeah. Like, well, I thought I thought he'd missed it. I yeah. was conceding that he missed it, and I remember taking a decent, a decent price on him all in, and then I I remember seeing it go. I was going, oh no, I'm gonna have to. If he loses here, one, I've lost my good price, but two, if he wins, I have to half my stake. Remember? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's annoying, but yeah, I thought it was a, a, a huge run from IMM Stoppable. Cylinder will be all right, but whether or not he's come back as a three-year-old, I guess we'll wait and see. Yep. Um, and you got one in the Mr. Brightside race? Yeah, I thought Aegon was really good. So if you go back and look at the way the race set up, like Mr. Brightside was never getting beaten, but I thought the sectionals that Aegon produced coming home in his 6-4-200-meter um, splits were very good. And I think he's come back because I know he certainly had his issues in the past and he had this huge boom on him from New Zealand and he hasn't really lived up to the hype. So I'll be intrigued to see if he steps up from this and takes a lot of benefit from the run or is it just one of those first up freakish shows that that and he just regresses from there. So I guess we'll wait and see. But yeah, keep an eye on Aegon, particularly if he steps up a little bit more in trip over maybe the 1,400 metres to the mile. Yeah. And uh, Alabir. Yeah, so we've been on this horse before up here in Queensland. Now, this horse resumed, I forget whether it was the 1,400 metre, I think it was 1,400 or 1,350 there at Doombin on the weekend. Now, Alabir is A, is it A-L-A-A-H-B-I-R? Yeah, that's I think that's it. how you spell it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the horse resumed um, off an unsuitable trip. And if you go back and watch that replay, he was absolutely rocketing the line and as one of the sectional stars on Dooman on the weekend. So I think if you can see him in that similar sort of handicap grade, stepping up to the mile or 1,800 metres second up, I think he's going to be an absolute launch job because he's not racing against great quality up here in Queensland and he's one second up before. He just needs a senior jockey on and I think he's just going to be winning. Yep, okay. There we go. There's a few really nice ones. Your black book will be stocked after putting all them in there. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Um, so let's go to Rose Hill. Yeah, you want to touch on Rose Hill? Yeah. Cool. So Rose Hill, like this is – there's nothing crazy here. There's only two group threes that are probably the races that are considered, the, um, I guess, the feature races on the card, both the three-year-olds heading towards, I guess, those golden rows and those three-year-old, um, three-year-old races there. So the rails out, which is interesting, they've done an interesting thing with the rails here. So the rails out six metres from the 1,500 metres to the winning post, and then before that it's out four metres. So the weather's good, which is great. So we're expecting good weather. So I'm intrigued to see what the pattern does to this day because I think with the last couple of meets here we've had at Rose Hill, it's played really nicely, and you've seen horses running, um, running on, but then who knows. So, like I always say, just watch the first couple of races before jumping jumping in and particularly pay close eye to those races that are similar distance to yours. So, we're going to be touching on race seven and eight today. So, we've got seven is over 1,300 metres and then the, the other one's over 1,100 metres. So, if you're looking at it, look at the height, watch the highway in race one and race five and you'll get a good idea about how the horses are running on for these two races. Okay. Now so, you wanted to touch on um, what's it? What's the seventh race called? Sorry. So the re- second race, uh, the seventh race is called the Up and Coming Stakes. So it's a thirteen hundred meter race for three year olds. Yeah. All right. So it's a handicap. Um, so it's you see a lot of the horses here that were kind of either late season like two year olds that they didn't want to roll out. They think have grown into three year olds, and then you'll see some familiar faces getting around. I know if you look through here, you can see Tom Kitten. Poodle Labida, Kintyre, Cafe Millennium, Infatuation. So all these horses have been around and been around the traps and they're resuming in their three-year-old years. And then you've got a couple of new ones on on the scene in Le, Le Vampires, uh, Manwe, NCAP, and I think it's Sabalis. I think that's how you pronounce it, but let's wait and see. Yeah, this is a nice-looking little race. So it's actually a really good race, and I've got a, quite a decent angle here. It's something at a bit of odds. So... I think I'll touch on the favourite and then I'll touch on a few other form lines and then I'll give you my guns and my head bet here. So in terms of the speed map, we've got a moderate tempo. Now, you see probably Manwe jumping up from barrier two and probably less vampires rolling across from barrier six and they're probably going to be your leaders. And then you've got probably Tudor Levita, um, Sabalis, and maybe Infatuation from the wide draw rolling forward as well. So I get you, there's probably a medium tempo, moderate tempo being set here, which is good. So probably going to have a decent it's it's going to give every horse its chance which is nice so if you go back and let's touch in market order so if you go back and watch Sabalis's last start there which was in Rose Hill over the 30 so over the 1300 meters on the 12th of August in I think it was a BM 72 now J-Mac rode that day um the horse was a moral beaten it was a dollar 90 favorite so the money came for it 
and it just it just was so unlucky and only got clear in the last um, last hundred meters or so. So I think it's it certainly you can see why the the market has trended towards it because the horse has got the fit, fitness on its edge. So it's fourth up now. And J-Max obviously had the opportunity to ride a couple of uh, the horses in this race, most notably Tuta La Vida, um, which is well as other horse. So interesting to see that he's picked that. Now, Les Vampires comes out of a maiden at Warwick Farm in early August on the 9th of, I think it was the 9th. Now, NCAP comes out of this race as well. And there was a couple of horses in that race go around at Kensington on Wednesday. I think the one that you want to take it on is Carazana. Now, Carazana finished fourth in this race, beaten by about two lengths behind Les Vampires. Now, the horse came out in one race, two in very nice fashion on Wednesday. Dustbeck, who uh, was also in that race, ran third um, behind Les Vampires. Now, it actually ran fourth to Carazana, uh, Carazana on Wednesday. And then Talese, or Tellers, I think. Now, that horse finished fifth in this race that Les Vampires won, and it ran third in, in its race on Wednesday. So you could probably say that there's a bit of form coming out of that race, but the mm. horse that I like from that particular form line is this end cap by Gary Portelli. Now, I know the horse is a maiden, I get that, but if you go back and watch the replay, the horse was finishing like an absolute jet in that Warwick Farm maiden, and I think the step up in trip from the 1,200 to the 1,300 is going to benefit it. It's just a matter of where it gets in the run and if it's too far back. So if you're looking at purely from a betting perspective with that, I'd be having a little bit on end cap at around the $10 mark. Yeah, so nothing do, you crazy. Think, do you think there's been a yeah, bit nothing. of early support for it? Yeah, you, I, has there been? Let's have a look. So it opened around the $20 mark, so it's into yeah. around the $10 mark. So definitely... No scratchings either, so yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I was the only one to miss, um, only one to see that race uh, where it finished really nicely. Yeah, right. It would have been yeah, nice so to get the one, 20s. So that one's a good one to look at. Then you've got Griff. Now, Griff has finished uh, within one and uh, about one and a half lengths from Tis Invincible, I think it was, that I looked at. Oh, no, I've got the wrong one. Sorry, that's Ducasi. Um, Yeah, Griff finished within one and a half lengths of, of Tis Invincible in that Rosebud that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's a bit, of a, bit one- of a blanket finish. It was, wasn't it? So if you look at it there, like there was literally two lengths separating first to eight. So do you take much out of that? Probably not. Mm. So the horse that actually really intrigues me is Tom Kitten. So this is the one that I would probably be putting on top. If you if you had to put a gun to my head, this would be my selection. Yeah, right. And I'll just go into it. So I think the market has really forgotten about this horse. So if you go back to its form, in its um, back in April and early in the year, it finished four lengths off militarized. Now, Nashville rode it that day, four lengths off militarized, which is was arguably, in my opinion, the two-year-old of the year. I think he was better than Shinzo and Cylinder. He then has beaten Kintyre. So if you go back and look, he beat Kintyre in. Uh, bear with me. I'll just find this date for you. Yeah, so he beat Kintyre over the mile in april now if you go back and look um it beat it by two and a half lengths so kintai beat sabalas last start but only by barest margin i don't think sabalas would have put a huge margin on him at all so you can probably line them up with that yeah right all right so then good price for him too what was that it's good price for him too he's 
Yeah. Hopkins paying more than NCAP. Yeah. So he's had a good price. Now, Nash, um, I thought the horse trialed really nicely coming into this race. Now, the trial that I really liked was the one uh, behind King Colorado. So you'll see on the on the form guide it says sixth of nine. Now, um, Tom, Tom Kitten was all the way out back. And if you watch him, he really accelerates between the 400 and the 200 and makes up an incredible amount of ground. So I think it was a bit of a hidden run. Now, I know the horse hasn't won first up before, but first up it was a, um, I think it was a Flemington 13, um, 1100 metre race. And I don't think it suited um, the Flemington straight. And then one first up after a freshman up, uh, at Randwick by beating Maker Call Townsend and Kintyre in that race. So I think the horses wound up ready to go, and I love the booking of Nash. Yeah, of course. Of course we do. Yeah, that's a, so that's it, a couple of good, nice odds there. Yeah, so if you're looking at purely from a betting perspective and how I'd approach this race, I wouldn't be launching in here into, into anything, but I'd certainly be backing NCAP and Tom Kitten probably each way on both of them just to make a profit on the race and try and get these favourites beaten. Yep. Okay. I love that. So race eight, what have we got? The RSL yeah. San Domenico. Yeah. So this is the San Domenico. So another three-year-old race again. So it's a set weights and penalties race for them. Now, this is a group three again. So you probably see a couple of familiar faces getting around in this race. And yeah. there's a couple of unbeaten horses as well, which is really interesting. Yeah, there's a few of them, isn't there? Yeah, so in a speed map perspective, obviously we've got a couple of Gaybot horses in this race in introducing in the instructor. So it wouldn't surprise me to see those guys uh, fire up and, and and lead this race. And I think from Barrier 7, Firestar led its last race, uh, the maiden uh, that uh, at Wyong, it also led up. So I think you can see those, two ho- um, those three horses rolling forward. So I think it's going to set up for something that's going to be off the speed. So I'll start in market order again. So the instructor was very good in that blanket finish, which we spoke about before behind T's Invincible. Whether the horse is going awesome, I don't know. Adam Hieronymus is racing like an absolute um, demon at the moment. But I think the good thing is what we can do is we get a bit of a guide with race seven and seeing how Griff performs. Because obviously um, the instructor beat Griff by by a length coming home. So if you see Griff perform or Griff fail, then I guess that'll dictate what the market probably does with it. Yeah, okay. Now, the second selection or the second market select for this is Corniche. Now, this is my selection in this race. Now, you go back and watch the trials of the horse back in July and August, and they've been really, really nice. I've loved them. Um, J-Max done one and Zach Lloyd did the other. But the one that I really liked was the one um, just in August there behind Zapatea, who's probably a group three, group two horse. And you'll notice that Libertad was also in that trial. So Libertad's here in, in the market also. Now, yeah. if you go back and watch them, both of um, Zapatea led the race and, and sorry, led the maiden and um, trial. Sorry, I can't even get it right. Led the trial and just, just kicked on the bend. But these two were the ones that were chasing. And if you go back and watch them, Libertad was really hard ridden and Corniche was kind of going with it. And just obviously he was given some mustering there from Zach Lloyd, but it really looked to be um, trucking along nicely. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Now, don't. Now, you go back and look at its form. Now, go back and have a look at its race that it had in the Group 2 Skyline on 25th of Feb and have a look who it beat quite convincingly. Shinzo. 
Now, Shinzo came out and ended up winning the Golden Slipper beating Cylinder and is widely tipped to be selected in Coolmore's slot in the Everest. So one would suggest there's quite a decent opinion of the horse. Now, what I loved about what James Cummings did back in February was as soon as that horse won that race, that Group 2 Sky, and they put it away, they didn't try and push it towards um, a slipper or a champagne or any of those races, which was interesting. And I think they thought he might develop into a like a really good horse. And they've kept him. They've kept, they haven't gelded him or anything like that. So that's elite form lines coming into a race like this. Big time, um, that is, yeah, uh, that's, that's really good. Five fifty, you can get for that. Yeah, five good price, and then you got Kadinsky Abstract, who's won a maiden midweek uh, at Canterbury, beat Celestial Legend, who hasn't exactly set the world on fire since um, since going on with things as well. Through million dollar brother to sunlight, this horse. Yeah, exactly right. You're obviously just beat me to it. Sorry. So shit. on breeding, it's it's probably got it's got some great form lines. But what you've got to think about is J Mac loves this horse. He's obviously trialed it leading up to its debut, rode it in his debut, and, has, and then has since trialed it twice. Now, I went back and actually watched those trials, most notably the recent one behind Butch Cassidy. Now, I, you can't question the trial. The horse looked really good. He's a big, strong thing. Now, my concern is, is he going to be better suited to a longer trip than the 1,100 metres? And he took a little bit to get going in that in that run. So I'm not sure whether the 1,100 metre might be too sharp for him, particularly with a couple of these fit horses and these fast paces. Who knows? I'm pretending to lean towards Corniche over him, particularly for the fact that he's only won a maiden. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and then you've got Libertad, who we spoke about earlier. Uh, he's undefeated. You can't question that. What, what's he beaten? Well, not a great deal. And like I said, that trial to me, I thought Corniche trial better. And as you can see, the the bookies have, have agreed with me in, in setting that market. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm happy to follow you there. Yeah, so if I was purely from a betting perspective, I'd be back in Corniche in this race. Yeah, that Shinzo form, it's hard to go past. Exactly right. So what are we going now, race nine? Uh, I don't have anything in race nine, but for the purpose of anyone, I think Lay Kalino. Okay. That's I just true. don't think the horse has gone that well. I think it was a bit of a, a an off-season win that, that wasn't deserved. Uh, I didn't like its run last start. Okay, that's good. We can lay that one for the quaddy. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it was it race ten? Sorry that we were yeah. So on. race ten is is a really interesting race, and when I say that, I'm looking at it purely from a, a map perspective. So, do you remember when we backed Diamond Dealer a while ago now? Yeah, yeah. And remember how I said the I thought the horse was the only leader in this race. Yeah. So I think the horse is the only leader in this race again, and we've got Tyler Skiller on board. We've got a lightweight, and we've got the inside barrier. I think it's just a rinse and repeat for us. So I love the 550 about it. I do have a few little concerns with some of the other horses, though. Like, you've got Pioneer River, who has Benedetta form. Now, I'll be the first to admit I'm a massive, massive fan of Benedetta, and I'm, yeah. I'll be backing her in every race that she races in this prep. So was within half a length of her in that, um, that sprint down the Flemington Strait. Now, I haven't really... I can't even remember the last time Pioneer River went round at Fleming at Randwick. I think it was last year. So I don't think the horse has won in a while as well. So whether or not it hates winning, I don't know. Questions yeah. it? Might not like going clockwise. It might not. So let's wait and see. But obviously the push that Ma used to booking J Mac is obviously a big indicator. Yeah. Um 
hell I am. I don't think he came up last prep, but if you go back and look, he's got some pretty good form lines and he's got a decent first up record as well. He's had three attempts for two wins and he's, he loves the distance, five starts, three wins and a third. And then obviously Nash on board. Yeah, big tick. Yeah. I might have a little something on Cuban Royale for the sake of and it. And you've already beaten me to it. So I think he's the one that's the forgotten horse in this. Now, you'll probably look and see Hannah Williams is riding the three kilo claim here. Claim it there. So it'll drop the horse back down to 59 kilos. Now, the horse is a, a great, he's got a decent first up record. He's got a decent track and distance record. But I think the big thing is you've got to look at, he's probably got better with age, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he's, he's been racing. Racing against some decent horses, and I think he'd be worth a little play. But I think if you're looking at it purely from my betting perspective, I think I'm just going to be backing Diamond Dealer. Yeah, I really, I'm keen on the Diamond Dealer. Fifty-two kilos, fifty-two kilos um, has a lengthier form. Uh, I think the horse, yeah, looks quite good. It's going to be hard to run down. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mooney Valley. Yep, so let's go to Mooney Valley now. So this isn't a special meet or anything like that. You've got the Kyline Stakes, which is a, a listed race, but you're going to see a lot of horses who are going to be taking on your VRC Oaks and VRC Derby races resume, and we'll talk about a couple of them in race three and race six. Yeah. So the rail's out four metres. Now, if we go back to two meetings ago there at, Fleming, at Mooney Valley, sorry, that was when that real bias track was on, you know, when the rail was out um, five metres. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. from all reports coming from the track is there was a lot of waterlogged areas inside of that five metres, hence why it created a bit of a travelator. And then it dried out and created that kind of sprint for the when the rail was in the true. Yeah. So I think now hopefully we're praying and hoping that we get some true racing and fair racing there this weekend. Um, as you always say, watch the first two races and see what's going on. If you see horses just winning, just back the leaders. Just get on those speed maps that you can see on Sportsbet tab or the one I use in racing and sports and just uh, just back the leaders. Yeah, okay. Now, does, it wouldn't have been El Potter del Sol you wanted to have a look at here. Yeah, so we'll touch on – let's go to race three. So I really like this race. I think this will, it's a really good betting race, particularly if the if the, uh, Manly, uh, Manly, the Mo- Mooney Valley meet ends up being really fair racing. So we'll touch on market order again. So now Roebrick, I thought Roebrick was really good at Flemington um, for in – I think it was on 5th of August uh, behind City Thunder. Now, the horse has sat behind the speed, he peeled out, and then he ended up putting that field away very, very easily. And he's got an SP profile, which is a good thing. So I think he started about $5 for 480 favourite in that race. So I think with the way he's drawn in barrier, uh, barrier, uh, what barrier is he? Barrier four, I think he'll probably sit behind Ambassadorial and um, oh, one of the horses has been scratched that I thought was going to run, Rocker, Rocker by, Rockabilly Rebel. All right, that's interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I had I had Rockabye Lily, uh, Rockabilly Rebel and Ambassadorial both leading and, and setting a bit of a decent tempo. So that's taken a hell of a lot of um, speed out of this race. Yeah, okay. All right, so that shaped a little. That throws the, the race more and a bit more Ambassadorial's fan, particularly if Jordan Tile gets gets his way up front. So just just keep an eye on that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Rip Roar, I thought, was very good. Um, 
very good New Zealand. Now he raced um he raced in the Group One size produce, I think, over there back in April. Didn't far from um far from disgrace himself, but then was first up in a BM sixty four behind our Pooney Princess at Bendigo. Now our Pooney Princess got backed into about three dollar fifty favourite there at Sandown in race four on Wednesday. And the horse didn't perform. So whether or not that form line is a bit questionable, let's see. Yep. Uh, Fist of Fury. Now, I think the Hawks boys are absolutely going like a busted ass at the moment. They can't produce winners, what, uh, whatever, uh, wherever they put them. But the horse does have Reinberg form. Now, I think Reinberg's a really good horse going places, and I think you could end up in group or listed company very easily. So you could probably say that. And then the horse is only within one and a half lengths of that. Now, that brings me now to the horse that we had in our black book after its debut, which was El Potter del Sol. Yeah. Now, I I spoke to you boys about this. So this is the full brother to Virtuous Circle, who was our derby fancy last year and ended up going on to run a really enormous race in the ATC derby in Sydney in the autumn behind Major Beal. So... He's also the half-brother to Manzois, who won the VRC derby. Oh, jeez. Now, I watched both the jump outs of the horse. Now, I thought they were both great, particularly the one where he trucked up on the outside and ended up winning the jump out there. I think it was a Bendigo. Now, my only concern is one barrier one, where he's going to end up, particularly off this slow tempos, that's probably going to be expected. And two... Um, is he going to be looking for more further distance than, than 1,400 metres? Yeah, I just... Does he... He's not on, an on-pacer, is he? What was that, sorry? He's not an on-pace horse. No, he? he's more a backmarker. So if you go back and watch that Flemington race um, back in May, he was out the back and he absolutely rocketed home to finish fourth behind La Zebra, Mojave Desert, Stella Mofid. Now, I don't think a lot's come out of that race as such, but um, I certainly think building to 1,600 metres, I think the horse is really well-placed. So I don't think I want to make it a bet at all, but I certainly want to be keeping an eye on him. And um, I love that Michael D's kept it, or not kept it, but made an association with the horse. And is is this Michael D's... Um, looking for a derby ride come Flemington time. Yeah, I, I feel like um, – so you think he could potentially kind of blow these away, but the Mooney Valley track, do you think maybe they're just putting him in this to go around and get a run under the belt? It doesn't really seem I, like the kind of track you'd put I this think they to, are. And, and if you go back and look through how um, Liam Howley got um, – uh, virtual circle up to speed. He did a very similar thing. So yeah. remember he had virtual circle run around in a maiden. It then went to Mooney Valley for a start, rocketed home up the rails with J-Mac on board. It then went to that race with Pericles and Mr. Maestro, I think it was. Yeah. And remember he was that flashing light. Remember we took the big odds about him to win the Derby before that. Yeah. And then it came out that he wasn't going in the Derby. So I think Liam Howley's having a similar approach with El Potter del Sol. And I think he's going to ramp him up in trip, probably go to 1,600 metres next, then the mile. And then if they feel like he's ready, put him in a Derby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe just a watch, sit and watch on that one. Sit and watch. You could probably have a little speckle on him just to see, but just make sure the horses are running on. And obviously, he's got one of the best jockeys in, in Melbourne on him. So if, if he can. Run, if they can run on, then you're going to back Michael D to navigate the, the gaps there. 
Oh, yeah, we love the D. Of course we do. Now, race six, um, Ludbroke at plate. Yeah, so this is a, another race for the three-year-olds. It's just a handicap there. So there's a few good horses here now. I think I'll touch on market order, but there's one horse that I want to touch on. And if you can get a market up for the horse in the Oaks, I would take it. Let's just see, because I haven't seen any anyone post anything. But if you can get a long price, maybe the 101 mark about the horse before this weekend, I'd just have a little bit on it. So Inhibitions has got obviously Ben Mellon on board. The horse is really unlucky and brings that Sydney form. Now, how often do we see Sydney horses come down to Melbourne and absolutely kill it? Mm. So I think the horse is right favourite. Uh, Croatian Bell loves the Valleys. has two from two there, and the Hayes boys are absolutely flying. Uh, right to party is the interesting one. Now, it's drawn wide, which is an ideal, but it had a Queensland winter. It had won a maiden there at Doombin and then um, went to listed grade and ran second, which was really good behind Zuccaret. Uh, didn't beat a great deal or anything like that, but it's interesting to think that uh, Anthony and Sam Friedman bought the horse down here. Um, Beauty Rising has been around the valley before and gets Craig Williams, like we always say, is one of the better track walkers in the country. Um, Aprilla is uh, another horse by Andrew Forsman, who, like we said, is the Derby or staying um, king. So keep an eye on that horse because um, he's bringing them out, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's starting to warm them up towards an Oaks. And yeah. now this brings me to the horse that I'm quite keen on to back in an all-in market. If you can get anything above the, say, 60s or $70 mark, is this no dachi in number eight. So if you go back, the horses started off in, in Ballarat, then it went to Cranbourne in a maiden, and finally broke its maiden at Bendigo, winning by six lengths over the 1,400 metres. It was then thrown in the um, into a Group 3 race there at Morfittville, where it started $1.85 favourite and only went down by the barest of margins to aerosol. So you wow. look back and through this SP profile, this horse has started $1.85 favourite, $2.10 favourite, $4.20, and then $6 on debut. So the market loves it. So what I look at is like, how is it $21, which is interesting? Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's really What's interesting. What's going on eh? there? Group three now I, get it. I, now, I get it. It's over 1,200 metres, which is an unsuitable trip for the horse, and it's probably going to be suited over further. But if you go back and watch its races – one, it's never missed the trifecta. Two, it's actually jumped on even terms on all races and actually sat in the first four before. So it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, uh, Egan, uh, Billy Egan, step up and just have it parked in just behind um, this if if a media antics and Aprilia. So it wouldn't surprise me to see it kick up and, and just sit really handy. So I think it literally at $21, it's – Definitely a play, maybe a unit on the win and three units on the place or however you want to do it. But I'd be backing it more to place. But I think that's a ridiculous price for this horse. Yeah, I love I love that. I love finding some, a little something like that going on. But what was yeah, what was so, the so you reckon it's odds won't be up for that futures bet yet? Well, if it I'd I'd be reaching out to whoever you bet with and if they don't have the horse in the market for the oaks, see if they can put one in. Now don't launch into it or do something stupid. Just put maybe five or ten bucks on it. But if you're getting eighty, hundred to one to one, it's gonna be a great price. And if you see it run on here, I think it's a great bet. Yeah, okay. That's when's have they got the futures up for the oaks already? Well, let's have a look. Oh, I'll the, get up the VRC I'll, Oaks. 
Well, I'll have a look at the green giant. Have you got yours in front of you? Have a look at yeah, I got the sports blue giant. Bet. You have a look. I'll look at the green giant, and you have a look at sports bet and see if I'm going to have a look here. All right, so VRC. Oh, yeah, I've got it in the VRC Oaks. What's it? What's it paying? Twenty six. Really? Mm. Jesus, I've got nothing here with the green giant. All right, well, what can you boost it to? Ooh, not giving me a boost, actually. Good job. 26 bucks. Um, maybe have a little bit on it at 26 because I think if it wins or runs on here, I think certainly something is going to change those odds. Yeah. 100%. Yep. All right. Lovely. Now, did you? that's all you wanted to touch on in that race, was it? Yeah, that's all we want to touch on. All right. So race seven now. Yeah, so now we've got a race seven. So this is the two – well, it's over the Cox Plate distance. It's a handicap. Now, we've got a black booker in this race. Now, remember I spoke to you about interpretation and how it was uh, gelded going into the last start? Yes. And it finished really, really well behind the Summit and Junipel and that leader bias day, and it ran on like an absolute rocket. Yep. So it's in this race, and obviously we're not getting the, the, the decent price that we took last time each way. We're getting the – the $5.50 second favourite. So I love the booking of Mark Zara, and I love the um, the fact that he's stepping up in trip, and he's actually one second up before, which is a really good thing, and he's one at the, uh, right at the distance. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So that's a good thing. Braden Starr is obviously the boom horse who has been very good since arriving here in Australia from overseas. So has has not missed the trifecta since coming here. So I can see why he's favourite. You've then got Future History here, who's another import, a French import this time around. And I think he's done some really good things with the big weights this prep. So if you look back, he he was in a BM78 at Sandown over the mile behind Flashbud. Now, he only finished within two lengths there. He carried the big 60 kilos. He then stayed in that grade and then um, stepped up in trip over the 2,000 metres and did quite well again, finishing second behind Thorin, um, carrying the big weight again. So now he drops back to 51.5 kilos with the claim of Carleen Heffel. God. Isn't that a massive weight drop, isn't it? Oh, bloody hell. So I can see Carleen from Barrier 6. There's not a huge amount of speed drawn inside it. I can see Carleen kicking up um, from the inside and, and taking this race with Maserati Bay sitting behind. Yeah, geez, I can't ignore that. <laughs> yeah, so that's – it's a real tough race. And then you go back and look at um, uh, Jimmy the Bear, who was very good last start. Um, He's at back Corsa again. A week ago. Yeah, Corsa's horse. They love racing camp. him. Yeah, so the horse has it's been up a long time, but it did beat Right You Are and, and Barclay Square, which I know was a lot of horse – a um, lot of um, trainers – oh, not trainers, sorry, Tipper's best bet on the weekend. Mm-hmm which is interesting. So I guess we'll get a good guide with how well things are going because Jimmy the Bear was beaten comfortably by interpretation. And then um, I think that that will give us a good indication about how things are going. Yep. Okay. Yeah, nice little race, that one. Yeah, not a bad race. So if you're looking at purely from a betting perspective, I'd probably lean towards future history purely from a map perspective and the weight drop. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be having a little something on that. That is, uh, that's very enticing. Yeah. And the, they haven't missed the price either. I think the horse opened up at about six bucks and it's already into what, $4.50 second yeah, favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, well, can't see that uh, drifting back out either, really. Nah, neither. So, um, 
race nine. Now, this is an interesting race. So I know a lot of people will be going, oh, moral in this race, blah, 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 blah. Now, we, we can see St. Lawrence got a big boom on it. Horses had seven starts, only only missed the drum once, and that's when it ran third in a really unlucky race uh, behind Glory Days carrying the big weight. Now, can't can't fault the horse doing really, really well. But the horse that I'm really keen on is Deny Knowledge. Now, the horse was scratched from a race last week at Caulfield. I can't remember why. The horse is fine. Um, it jumped out extremely well at Fleming, um, at Cranbourne on the 14th of the 8th. So if you go back and look at watch the, the trial, the horse just trucked up around the bend and then um, it just took off. It weirdly was just under no riding but took off and you could see all the horses behind it absolutely struggling to get past it. Now, the horse, do you remember when we backed the Lassophile in that Group 3 Bell of the Turf? Yeah. In December? And this Deny Knowledge was written by Josh Richards, took him on up the front, led over the mile, and won by two and a half lengths. Yeah. So how I look back at the horses, I think those first up stats are skewered. The horses race in Group 3 company. I love the booking of, of uh, Wiramoo Kin, lightweight apprentice, Horse just needs to jump, run, lead, and I think it'll actually win this race. Yeah, wow. Look at its last um, start margin that it won by as well. Ten lengths. Well, yeah, it stepped up over 2,200 metres Geelong and won by ten lengths. Crazy, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, okay. Six bucks, I like that. That St. Lawrence has got it, yeah. You can see why it's two bucks. That's an impressive record it's built. Oh, 100%. But I think if you're going it from a map perspective and a price perspective... I think particularly if it's playing leader bias, just back to nine knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Gee, some, there's uh, some very good value in these this week. Yeah. So again, like, I wouldn't be taking any of the prices now unless you're really, really keen. Um, but yeah, feel free. That's awesome, man. Now, did you have a Friday tip? Yeah. Now, when are you putting this tip, um, this potty up? Are you going to do it tonight? I'll put this one out tonight. Yeah. All right, so for the sickos that are going to listen to us really tonight, I've got a really good bet at York in race one over in the UK. Now, it's the York Carnival. They had the Judamont International Stakes last uh, night, which was won by Mostadarf, which is one of the best horses in the world, racing against Paddington, so it's the York Carnival. Yep. But there's a horse in race one called Relief Rally. Race one, you York. Ah, uh, yes, Tom Marklin. You can probably get about 283 bucks about it. Yes, Take that price. The horse, I think, will win this race. Oh, very good. So there's that one. And there's one other that I really like at Geelong. Now, we are an emergency, so we've got to be cautious with it. We haven't had any scratching, so we need two scratchings. But it's in race six, number 12, Russian Summer. Oh, yeah, it's favourite, an emergency, is it? Well, it, it is now favourite, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. so Did thought, it open at I nine thought, bucks? Wow. Yeah, I took seven fifty earlier, and it's been backed in. So, what I think's happened is Racing dot com and probably your preview shows tonight have uh, put it out, and obviously punters have snapped it up. So, it's wow. a pity we didn't get in, but all good. So, I think it's a great bet, but we need a scratching or two scratchings. Okay, let's hope that happens then. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. Done. We're all finished. Okay, well, that was great, man, to get to back on together. And, um, 
I'll see you. I'll see you Saturday, actually. Yeah, swing us a text and let me know your movements. Okay, mate. I'll see you then. We'll ride some home. All right, love it. See you, bud. Bye.